This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound. So you hear studio sound on the road. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving. I'm Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Injury Lawyers. Is your insurance company forcing you to go back to work when your doctors say you can't? If this sounds familiar, look no further than my law firm. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Welcome to the Raptors weekly podcast for the week of September 24th. Uh, we are joined one last time by the ghost and the member. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we're joined one, by, one last time. Come on. We're joined by Blake. Blake, buddy. Hey, man. We already missed you so much, even though you're still writing about... Even know, though I died last <laughs> Monday. Uh, rest in peace. Rest in peace. What did you, I know you don't like to talk about yourself too much, so... What was the outpour of support like when you put that post up about, um, you know, your, what is it, nine, ten nine years? years? Nine yeah. years and change, yeah. Yeah. So you and DeMar. Basically from the minute DeMar got in to the minute DeMar walked out. Bro, we're losing a lot of pillars of the franchise, man. Yeah. Well, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Still going to be on the Raptors beat full time. Okay, good. Because you got you to gotta repeat that for people to hear because people are worried, yeah. man. People I mean, worried yeah. Like some people thought I was dead. Some people thought I was leaving the industry entirely. You, the thing is, is like I could tell that. I really appreciate all the support and the nice tweets and stuff like that. I can tell very much that most people only read the first like two sentences because yeah. it said right in there that I'm still going to be covering the Raptors full time. Well, uh, yeah, but it was great, man. It was nice. That stuff you guys posted was nice, even though it was all lies. Well, uh, I thought Zavar's blurb was more appropriate. Whereas like Blake's gone, we're going to be fine. Let's go. <laughs> no, no, come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, we're going to miss you on the side, man. Of course, like. You know? Yeah, the site's gonna be fine, man. Look the site really is roster fine. that like I was trying to I was sending Zara and Sam uh, when I, after I let them know I sent them like kind of a roster of, like this person contributes this much and this is what they're good at and mm-hmm. they, and I talked to everyone before the before right. I announced publicly um, so I didn't catch anyone off guard and it's like man the roster is like fifteen deep of people who want to contribute at least like once a week and like yeah. you've got people like Vivek and Katie and Colin and Lewis and Anthony like yeah. and Matt and and then like Scott chips in with the Canada basketball stuff and yeah. um, I'm forgetting a lot of people but like the roster's deep man and Zarrar's writing his very Zarrar type columns yeah every Zarrar column is a Zarrar column uh, it, it, which is good man the, one, the site honestly it's it's something that I I actually thought the site lacked when I was doing most of the writing is that like. Sometimes I'm a little serious, you know, and that's why it's nice to have people in there who do creative stuff for Zarrar, who is just like unabashedly Zarrar. <laughs> and, um, you know, it'll be fun, man. I think there's obviously with your podcast and then we're still going to have quick reactions, which yeah. are kind of the heart of that community, right? Yeah. For people to scream at each other yeah, exactly. about JV. Yeah. Yeah. Or to scream at whoever wrote it, that that B minus should be a, a B or a C plus instead. As, as a... Yeah, I mean, coming from an Asian parenting background, that's like very familiar and doesn't seem at all out of odds. In fact, the B minus, it's not even to say at that point. I mean, 
That's basically an F. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's basically <laughs> you. The fact that you only gave out A pluses and Fs when you were when you were doing them is uh, is pretty tight. Oh, no, Raptors probably going to be great still though. Yeah, I, I mean, I know you joked about me on for the pod for the last time, but like I still come on the podcast. I even joked in the post. I was like, yeah, finals preview podcast. That's so not a joke, like, buddy. That's not a joke. I've already got a plan. All right, put it on my calendar soon. Yeah. Um, which which warrior does Kawhi defend? Which warrior does OG defend? Who can contain Pascal Siakam? Point forward. I was gonna say like if Pascal's going against Draymond, like you might want to mix. I mean, like, um, yeah, Pascal Siakam, aka humble Draymond. Listen, the Draymond comparisons are coming out into full effect. Um, what did you? Okay, let me just ask you then, like, because uh, one of the few pieces of news that happened this week was um, Rico Hines, the guy that runs mm-hmm. the UCLA run. Um, had a lot of great things to say about Pascal. He already told some of that stuff to uh, Dave Zerum for Sportsnet, but then he also went on TSN Radio and sort of reiterated a lot of effusive praise for the Raptors bench, especially Pascal, um, calling him a little bit like Draymond. Like, what did you, like, what did you first think Pascal was going to be when he first got here? Man, he just so- looked like an energy guy. I thought he was going to be like, you know... Right, Farid or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so it's it's funny. I remember the first time I ever went to summer league was the year Pascal got drafted, and he was this not unknown because he did two college years, but he was twenty seventh overall, and that was looked at like a stretch. And then yeah. he only played fifteen minutes at summer league because he hurt his knee. Yeah. So those those fifteen minutes were incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember I did one of Sportsnet's the big read, like the really deep dives that that they do there when I did some when I was freelancing for them, uh, and I tried to dive into that, and I was like, the, I had people at the Raptors telling me like, look, he's He's not a 4-5, which is what you right. look at his rebounding numbers and his shot blocking in college yeah. and his post-oriented game in college. And it's like, okay, he's a 4 who maybe plays some small ball 5. And they were like, no, he's like he's a 4-3. He's going to defend three perimeter positions, like 2 through 4. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously size-wise, maybe he's not a 5. But they were pretty adamant. They're like... Um, they're like, yeah, if, if it breaks right, like, he could be a starting power forward. Obviously, that still depends on whether the shot comes along. Um, but at the time, basically, the conclusion of my piece was like, yeah, they got him 27th, and they left some good names on the board because they saw they had him ranked as a first-round player. Um, now, I don't think that they would have figured it came this fast. Like, Dwayne Casey was throwing around Bo Outlaw comparisons at the time, right, which right. is, you know... Classic Dwayne Casey comparison. Just look, a that, random that dude sounds, from the early 2000s. Right, that sounds like a low-end comparison, but I'm pretty sure Bo Outlaw, like, sniffed some all-defense teams, sure, which is not yeah. nothing. And, yeah. um, you know, the gap between Bo Outlaw and Draymond Green is is notable because Draymond is one of the most uniquely impactful defensive players of all time. Um, but, yeah, man, it, Siakam's developed so fast, and I think... I think defensively, everyone kind of saw it right away, even when he was mm-hmm. overexposed in those that first, first 38 games or whatever. That first preseason game, when it was in Vancouver, and that was the first look we got at the New Look Warriors, because KD signed, yeah. Pascal guarded KD in one of those possessions and blocked yeah. him. Like, yeah. the first time they went up against each other, Pascal blocked him. I remember his first, like, his first, like, two weeks as a starter, he went against, like, KD, Mello. Yeah. It was, like, full-on, like, here, we're just going to throw a ton of yeah. elite guys at you and see how you do. Uh, now look, those games he wasn't he was overmatched, he couldn't put really put the ball on the floor yet, the three no. wasn't there. And even defensively he was you know, he was a little too reactive. He's so high twitch and high energy, mm-hmm. and a lot of his defense is being able to be so quick and agile that he can make up for that. Uh, but you saw it, right? You saw it defensively. I don't think anyone saw the offensive game no. developing this quickly. I think people were like, okay, get the three down and then you can be a three and D guy. Yeah. You know, to project from where he was to the type of guy who can grab a defense a defensive rebound run the floor, initiate a pick and roll, right. and either drive with either hand or kick to a corner shooter. Like, the fact that that came along 
not even just last year, by the end of his time with the 905, right. is crazy. And, and I heard in camp last year, you know, the, those guys did those runs together all the time before they were always on YouTube. Yeah. And guys were raving. Guys were like, Pascal looks looks real good. And, and I've heard some of the same stuff talking to guys this summer. Yeah. Um, you know, at Summer League, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't, he wasn't out there playing, right? So mm-hmm. um, we didn't get a look at him. But I think it's, you know, I think it's a testament to how hard he works and a testament to the idea that, you know, sometimes you don't know what a guy is until you get him in and he's got NBA level training. Like Pascal got a late start. Yeah. He went to a smaller school. Um, everything we learned about him from college was that, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of, he's always trying to read books or like watch video to get better. And you hear that about, you know, 70% of the guys yeah, of in the NBA. Um, Raleigh Hawkins a big worker, you know? Yeah. <laughs> But no, it's great, man, and I, I'm excited to see what he looks like. I don't know if he fits in the starting lineup, but you know the way the bench mob looked toward the end of last year, where you know Delon was an average three point shooter and Fred's an elite three point shooter. If you can get the ball in Pascal's hands more, yeah. And now you know if Serge or JV are the center in those units instead of Jakob Pertl, you know your spacing or your roll gravity is even greater. That bench unit could be really, really good offensively, and I, I don't think they're going to take a, a real slide defensively either. So. Um, Siakam's really exciting, man. I think he's the guy that, obviously Kawhi is the guy everyone's most interested to see, but in terms of changes to their game yeah. and how they look in a similar role, he's the guy that I'm like, okay, this he has the most, of anyone who's still on the roster, I think he's got the most room to elevate this coming season. And that's not to say OG can't either, right. but OG with those starts, especially if he starts, is going to have that same role. Yeah, he's the fifth option. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that was a really long-winded answer. No, that's okay. I'm excited for the season. <laughs> no, listen, everyone is excited for Pascal, and I think rightfully so. Um, he's spicy, man. He really is spicy. He's got the personality for it too. I think um, you got, you really got to give credit to um, Stackhouse and all the other coaches down at 905 mm-hmm. for allowing him to expand his game. That's a perfect example of why you get a 905 team, you get a G League team, um, because you want to have these opportunities where, like, if Pascal stayed up with the, the Raptors all year, right? Like, all he was going to do was run and catch outlet passes yeah. and hit, like, a baseline jumper. Yeah. Um, Which would be fun. He's still he's still yeah. amazing in transition. Sure. But, I mean, like, you know what I mean? It's like he doesn't get the same room to operate right. and expand his skill set. And I think he developed a lot at the 905. You got to also like credit... he was going 20 and 10 through the yeah. playoffs. So. He was the finals MVP. Yeah. And rightfully so. Um I you, think, know, you didn't watch those games. <laughs> I, I watched the one Bruno game. That was crazy. Oh yeah, Bruno going like thirty and fifteen. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, it was like a he went Clay Thompson kind of for like a quarter. Um, <laughs> by the way, rest in peace, Bruno. <laughs> That's yeah. who we really got to say. Funny, Bruno. Time. You want to talk about? It's it's funny. How you, is he still in the league? It's funny you mentioned Bruno not. and Clay Thompson as we're coming back from from training camp or to training camp here, where I think those two guys have the best off season photos of, of any NBA player. Um, oh yeah, okay. Clay Thompson, just like yeah, yeah. In, in Qatar or wherever the hell he yeah. was. Yeah, was he riding a camel? Yeah, that for sure. Yeah. That's that's what happened. And then Bruno know. with all the rest of the Rockets. Yeah, and I think I think half the league didn't know he had signed with the Rockets at that point, and he's just in the tiniest speedo. Of course, man. That's um, a Brazilian thing. I feel like jacked, man. Good for him, man. Good for he's him. He's been on a ton of size over four years. Yes, yeah, he uh, does. It was fun. I caught up with him a couple weeks ago. I did that piece for Diamond Up Rocks. He's got a kid now, right? Yeah, he just had a kid. Yeah. Um, it sounds like getting traded by the Raptors and getting out of that safety net kind of matured him a little bit. Yeah. I don't think he has a chance on earth of making the Rockets, but well, Rio Grande Valley, man, he, he could be a, a stretch five. He honestly, that's probably what they're thinking with him because he's already like six ten and everything. Like he's that. seven feet tall. He's seven full. Yeah, exactly. He's a, he was six he's nine four tall. years ago when he was eighteen, that's and true. they just never. They never update the media guide, yes, height right. and weight. Um, 
So anyway. Oh, I was also going to say, yeah, but also I think you got to give a lot of credit to Nick Nurse and his mm-hmm. offense for allowing more, you know, flexibility for all the bigs, right? Um, because, like, the big difference between 16-17 and 17-18 was, like, how much more the bigs could make plays. Not necessarily have the ball all the time, yeah. but just, like, be in positions where they're making the final decision. Even the difference like, between a dribble handoff and a stationary yeah. handoff is, it was big for JB because... Yeah. You know, then you've got a you've got your defender moving when you set that screen, and you've mm-hmm. got a step with momentum when you right. make your roll. And yeah. um, you know, the, it, that came along a little slower for Ibaka. But you look at the moves oh, they made this coming. year. It's yeah, still... you look at the moves they made this year. You know, Jakubertos a tough loss, but yeah. offensively, Greg Monroe's a guy who fits that really well. He's been one of the best passing big men for a long time, and I don't think he's going to make the main roster. He might be a two way, but even a guy like Eric Moreland, mm-hmm. who you know is a fifth or sixth big and is basically just a, a strong rebounder. But even he, you know, puts up strong assist numbers when he's gotten opportunities in the G League and with the Pistons. So uh, yeah. they're clearly putting value on everyone on the floor being able to dribble the ball, which is, you know, it doesn't sound novel. But nah, it is novel, man. When you when you look back at some of those Raptors teams, the big men never touch the ball, which, you know, in some cases was a good idea. Like Bismack, you don't need to give Bismack the ball. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think they've been trying to go in this direction for a while, too, because, like, even with... A guy like Jared Sollinger, like I think the idea that was the there, intention, yeah, yeah, was to have him have the ball a little bit. Even Scola had the ball just a little tiny bit. Yeah. Um, obviously, he was like two thousand years old. Um, by the way, now that we have you here, you're the perfect person to ask about Eric Moreland. Yeah. Signing it, <laughs> signing it, Exhibit Ten. Yeah. Um, you have an issue because I think you have written seven hundred words on the signing of Eric Moreland. Yeah, man, I actually like Eric Moreland a lot. Okay, um, let us know about Eric Moreland. So basically, the Raptors have the Raptors want to use one of their two-way spots. Right, yeah. their, their camp roster is full, yeah. but Jordan Lloyd's the only guy on two-way. So I think the five guys who are on Exhibit Tens, mm-hmm. which by the way, a great job by them being five guys on Exhibit Tens. Last yeah. year they only had two right. um, that ended up in the G League. So that's a nice way to fill up the nine five if all those guys are free to go down. But I think you're looking at one of those guys is going to be the second two-way, and he's going to provide. NBA depth, similar to how last year, because they were in the tap, they were close to the tax. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to get a fifteenth man, so Lorenzo Brown, Malcolm Miller split the fifteenth man. Time. Right. I think they're going to do the same thing this year with Jordan Lloyd. And you look at the roster; they could probably use another big. Eric Moreland played sixty-seven games or sixty-three games for the Pistons last year. Yeah, um, elite rebounding numbers. Jacob yeah. Goldstein's player impact plus minus mm-hmm. rates him as like ninety-eighth percentile defensively. Okay. He's like second percentile offensively yeah. because he can't really do anything but put back. Um, he had, like I said, he has some decent vision for you know a ground bound interior big guy, mm. and but he's only shot one three I think in his career. Um, so he's not he's nothing flashy, but like if he's your depth center who can come up if JV or Monroe are hurt or something like that, and otherwise anchor your nine hundred five defense, mm-hmm. um, that's not a bad option. I I still think I'd probably put the odds slightly better that Chris Boucher gets that slot. Sure. Just because the upside is so much higher with yeah. Boucher to and where we saw in the summer league too. He had a lot of crazy impact. Yeah. yeah. And he needs he needs work. Like he he barely played last year because he was coming back from ACL. Yeah. So this is a guy who got a really late start to basketball. Yeah. Um did the JUCO thing before landing at Oregon. Got hurt his senior year, missed yeah. almost all of it. I think he played 18 G League games and one NBA game last year. Right. Um, and then, you know, he needs a lot of work. It, what I heard from Summer League was that the reason he didn't play in the early games is that among the guys that were there, uh, Augusto Lima and mm-hmm. who we saw Canada play against the other day, uh, Trigvi, Helen Assen. <laughs> Yo, shout out Trigvi. 
Um, yeah, and then Javon Thompson was there. He was a little behind on the right. schemes and stuff. Yeah. And I heard the same thing with Canada basketball when he he was so great in those exhibitions out of Vancouver, mm-hmm. and then he didn't make the team for the game that was here in July. Right. And it was the same kind of thing, a little slower on the schemes. So yeah. I think he just hasn't played enough high level basketball yet right. to where you saw in summer league it doesn't matter sometimes because he can make up for his mistakes by blocking all these shots and dunking everything around the rim. Right. Um, but, you know, he could probably use at least half a season in the G League, right. you know, figuring it out and learning how to play system basketball and stuff. So he's probably the guy that has the inside track on the two-way. Mm-hmm. Um, Dengadella, undrafted rookie out of Louisville, who could be kind of a, a gritty 3 and D type. He shot like 30, sure. 35, 36% yeah. um, on threes and has, you know, the kind of defensive profile you like in guys like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would think one of those three would get the two-way. Yeah. I'd probably rank it Boucher, Moreland. Dangadel, right. and then Felder and Collinsworth are the other guys on Exhibit 10. And yeah, the team already Felder has so really many sense. The team already like has a, so many guards. Yeah, that one felt like a favor to Phil Handy or something. <laughs> it's possible um, they might also see. You know, Felder's market was cool, and he they knew right away he was willing to go to 905. Yeah, um, the 905 have learned the last over the three years of existence. You need a lead point guard who yeah, can kind of control sure. the offense. And they had that with Lorenzo Brown. And they they were terrible when Lorenzo Brown wasn't down there last year, which is why he won the MVP. And the year before, um, with Fred Van Vliet and DeLon Wright, they both, DeLon Wright when he was coming back. Yeah. And it was just like, okay, he's ready. And Fred Van Vliet, who was just like, man, it's a joke that he's down here. And yeah. they were down one nothing in the finals and sent Fred down. And were basically like, go, go win this championship and then come back for the playoffs. Um, so I think they value that a lot. So between, you know, so Van Vliet, won't get sent down. Wright's not getting sent down. Brown's not eligible to be sent down unless he were to approve. Um, so you don't. You have Jordan Lloyd, and then if one of Felder or Collinsworth ends up there, right. you've got a nice starting point for your for your nine hundred five team. And I, I know they value that a lot because not only to win games, but to like get your young guys the ball in the right position and and stuff like that. Yeah, you need to feed Boucher those all use, right? Well, exactly. Um, okay, what else is on the list? Uh, I feel like we've talked about all the little things and not the big okay. things, man. It's okay. If you're, if honestly, if you, you know what you're getting with a Blake Pot. That's the brand, yeah. Um, you were at the Giants of Africa breakfast. Yeah, that, was, two, that was last Tuesday. Okay. Um, that was really great, man. Masai, when Masai gets talking about that uh, that kind of stuff, yeah, um, it's really inspiring. It's hard, it's hard not to get fired up. Um, listening to it and, and the way that he tries to make a difference. And, mm-hmm. you know, you loop in a figure like Barack Obama and all these NBA players, either from Africa or not from Africa, and right. the way they're trying to, you know, empower the youth to be leaders and empower um, women to try to change how right. the treatment of women in Africa, uh, it's great. I think those videos that they showed us are going to hit YouTube or yeah, for sure. wherever soon so. enough and so. must watch. And if anyone hasn't watched the documentary yet, like the full length. Oh, Giants of Africa? Yeah, 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 that yeah, was that last year. You, you have that's to. absolutely must watch. Um, uh, Masai also talked about Kawhi Leonard a little bit. I didn't yeah. even know that we were going to do this. They let us scrum up with Masai. Nice. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what did he say? Because he also went on the Woj pod, and yes. he was kind of asked about Kawhi. And I think Masai has been sort of really careful with his words, especially mm-hmm. about the health of Kawhi. I don't yes. think he wants to I don't think overstate. he wants to overpromise, yeah. Right. So, um, where is everything on that front in terms of, you know, is, is he... Is he in town? Is he so? Know, like... Yeah, the biggest takeaway I had from it is that Kawhi has been here multiple times, okay, which right. I think we only knew publicly that he was here right after the trade right. when there was the hostage photo of him and Masai and Bobby Webster, where he basically <laughs> had to hold up today's newspaper date um, <laughs> and put on a fake smile. Uh, but apparently, he's been back here a couple times. Mm-hmm. 
He's mostly been training out in LA, which I know people make a big deal of because he's Bro, with, the whole league is training exactly, in LA. Because right? he's with Kobe or he's with whoever. Um, and all these Rico Hines runs are in LA. Like all the guys yeah. are in LA. Um, so I don't know how much he's worked up with his teammates, but he's been working out with uh, Phil Handy and Jeremy Castleberry and mm-hmm. uh, John Capraccio from the Raptors staff. So that's, you know, encouraging. That's the tall guy that we've seen in the... Yes. Okay, yeah. Yes. Okay, I was um, curious who that was. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, from what Nick Nurse has said about the conversations they've had, you know, and Masai kind of gave this impression too that, like, obviously these big picture questions are going to hang over everything and they're not yeah. going to get an answer from Kawhi until July. No. And it's going to be a lot of people trying to find signal in a lot of noise that might not have any signal. Um, the prevailing feeling that I've gotten from Masai Ujiri and from Nick Nurse is that everyone at least trusts that once it becomes about basketball, mm-hmm. the basketball stuff is going to work. Right. Kawhi is so focused and so competitive and mm-hmm. such a basketball junkie and all he thinks about is basketball, he's going to fit with a guy like Nick Nurse, a guy like Masai who's ultra competitive, a guy like Kyle Lowry who thinks the game at such a high level. Mm. Uh, I haven't talked to anyone really who's like, yeah, we, the, the team might not work or Kawhi might not fit or Kawhi might not like the system. I haven't heard any of that. It's all, you know, will he like the city? Will he like, you know, what are they going to do with his media obligations? Um, how serious is the, the Lakers and the Clippers stuff? And that's stuff that no one's going to know, really, because, first of all, Kawhi probably doesn't know yet. Mm-hmm. And then you know at this point that, like, if it's Kawhi's camp, it's probably Ramona or Woj getting it. Yeah, that's true. So, um, you know, I know people are going to look for every little thing. Of course. Like, when DeRozan was – I was talking with Woodley about this today. When DeRozan was a free agent, DeRozan basically came out and was, like, as much as he could be, like, stop asking me about this. Yeah. I'm going to be back. Don't, like yeah. – just let's not talk about it. Yeah. And we still had to aggregate every Stephen A. Smith soundbite well, that Nike yeah. fed him because Nike wanted to more in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be a lot of that. But um, I think the the over like the the important feeling ahead of camp right now is that everyone thinks it's going to work basketball wise, right. and, and the on court stuff isn't going to be that big an issue. So right. um, the health is obviously a question. I would not be surprised if we head into the season and not only from the Raptors side but Kawhi's side, maybe wanting to manage it too. That you know. Maybe he doesn't play some back-to-backs, or he doesn't play the three and four. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe he plays seventy games. And the Raptors have done that with Kyle Lowry in the last couple of years too, and and they've they've started to rest guys more and lean on that sports science. And um, I think that's fine. I think as long as he, as long as he's out there, you know, you want him out there day one probably to to build that chemistry. And yeah, everything. for sure. But uh, yeah, man, there's no apparently he's been working out hard and everything. I don't know. I'd be surprised if there's if there's mm-hmm. much drama. Okay. From here. I well, mean, there's going to be drama, but... There's like, definitely going to be drama. Like, sorry, I'd be surprised if there's much tangible drama mm-hmm. coming from within the team. I think it's... You know, that's It's a nice thing about basketball, man. It's like, NBA yeah. is crazy. It's a wild 12 months. But unless it's like a Jimmy Butler, Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, Mr. Stereo Girl situation... Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Unsourced. <laughs> you know, the... Uh, Completely a speculation. Yeah, because of some Instagram stuff a month apart. Uh, the evidence is like, yo, he stopped liking her Instagram posts. It's yeah. like, yo, listen. And then a month later, these two people were in the same country a week apart. I mean... Scandal. That's a huge scandal. Um, Speaking of Instagram, Amir and Pat were here this week working out, eh? Yeah. Why not? I love when players do that. They love that. What, was Pat here for Tiff? Probably. It might have been Tiff. I thought maybe he just had some taps to sell or something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I work on King Street, so I probably would have seen him. Yeah. They both posted Instagram stuff working out here, and Amir was actually at the, the old Air Canada Center practice court. Oh, shit. Upstairs. Which is, it's always cool, man. I, I love that the guys who played here, I mean, obviously all summer there are a lot yeah, of NBA course. guys here, and like, 
Corey Joe's like making candles at the New Yorkville and stuff. Um, okay. I forget who told me that. But someone, I think it was Mallory, was telling me that that on his Instagram he's like regularly making candles. Is now. he like, super wiped out? Is that is that is that why? I don't know. Okay. Because that's a weird thing for a, a single guy to just do. Yeah, um, but he's had a weird off season. He's gone to the cornrows, like the aggressive, cor- the aggressive yeah. braiding. Yeah. Um, he was uh, he was really funny at Canada Camp this year. So the Canada Camp that was here happened during the moratorium mm-hmm. and he was like he's getting massaged one day and he's like he's like what's going on like what's Woj saying and he's just like asking me what's happening on Twitter um, and then I think at that time I think that was the day that it was rumored the Pacers were going to make Aaron Gordon a huge offer oh right and he right, was just right. like mm, mm. interesting Corjo is the best man him, him and Tristan and Kelly O this constant commitment to the <clears> national <throat> program is great we don't it's need to great, talk with the national team but oh by the way the, uh, the women started the World Cup on Saturday. Nice. And if nice. you haven't been watching that, you should absolutely be watching that because they might medal and they're really good. That's in uh, Spain. Tenerife. Yeah. Um, Sounds like a terrible place to spend some time, you know? The, yeah. The coast of Spain. Yeah. Um, are you worried about Jimmy Butler wanting to go to the Clippers and the Clippers having two max cap room slots? And this sort of persistent rumor that Kawhi wants to sign with the Clippers. Yeah, I mean, look, Ramona knows of what she speaks when it comes to when it comes to everything and when it comes to Kawhi specifically, it seems. Yeah. And she had the Clippers at number one and the Raptors at number two in likelihood. It's not bad. Uh, if the Clippers, not bad. If the Clippers could land a number two star ahead of time, I think yeah. that always makes things easier. Yeah, Because sure. you can enter that meeting without the hypothetical of if we get both of you guys. Right, right. Um, and it's like, no, he's right here. We got him. Yeah. Uh, I think that makes things easier. I think it's interesting, at least, that a lot of – no one's really being tied to the Lakers that much. Um, I mean, yeah. you know, it's LeBron's show, man. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. How as Grange pointed LeBron. out on, on Twitter, I think yesterday. Yeah. Um, you know, this Space Jam stuff, though. What if LeBron circumvents the cap by by paying these guys big money out of his production company to star in Space Jam and I'm then gonna... signed minimum deals? Unless the monsters are going to be like Lance Stevenson and Rajon Rondo. I was going to say they, those guys make sense. Michael Beasley, you know. What if uh, What if as the monsters, it was just. Like it was totally just LeBron with an ego check, and he was just like he the monsters were just everyone who's been called a LeBron stopper before. So it was like Demar Carroll, OG, PJ Tucker, is oh, 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 any anyone who's everyone on the rap. Marcus Morris. <laughs> Marcus Morris not bad though. He's probably the best. I'm talking about Kawhi. Kawhi yeah, and Iguodala. PJ is PJ's probably the best one that we've seen in the last two years. But even then, he didn't get the start until Game Four of the series. Didn't make any sense. Didn't make any sense. <laughs> Did not make any sense. Uh, he says in tribute with a throat lozenge in his mouth. Yeah, well, still bitter about that. Yeah, I mean, good like, luck with half healthy Reggie Jackson. By the way, uh, I'm really rooting against the Clippers this year. Um, yeah. I hope Jimmy Butler decides to go to New York City. I hope. I hope yeah, I hope Jim, Brooklyn Jimmy and, and Kyrie going to the Knicks is the funniest outcome. I think I would be great, man. As someone mentioned to me, uh, I think it was Drame, but he, he mentioned. There's one healthy need between Porzingis, Kyrie, and Jimmy Butler. <laughs> so, I mean, as long as they share it and, and take turns and book the, the yeah. knee, like, they'll be all right. Um, I think that'd be the funniest outcome. Yeah. Clippers also, I don't, I don't think that's like, going to be a good team, by the way. That's, a, that's not a good team. Yeah, it's weird. Unless Chris Epps comes back and he's fully healthy and he takes a leap. But, you know, Jimmy and Kyrie are going to be getting into the back end of their I That's what I'm curves. saying. Butler's 29. Yeah. Are they going to win now? Like, you got to win the next three years, basically, for them. So. Yeah, and then, um, yeah, I guess with the Clippers, the interesting wrinkle there is that 
if Thibodeau's the guy who's allowed to make this trade, which I don't think he should be, it's yet another example that yeah. the coaches should not have decision over no. personnel because clearly the Wolves should be in a trade butler to take a step back. Yeah. Uh, because no, Tal- trade Tal- for CJ McCollum. Townsend Wiggins aren't there yet. CJ McCollum. Send him to Portland. Yeah, I mean, that's one option. Um, but if you look at the Clippers, they're an interesting team because they can offer win now stuff. Yeah. So long as the Clippers are cool being like, okay, Jimmy, we're probably not going to make the playoffs this year because like we got to give up Tobias Harris and Lou Williams and one other piece. Yo, if, if I'm the Clippers, if, I'm not, I probably don't give up Shea Gilgis Alexander to get Jimmy Butler when I can just sign Jimmy Butler in right. the offseason. But I'm still in the tank for Shea Gilgis Alexander. Shea's that, good, man. He's good. Yo, you were at the Crown League game, right? Yeah. He dominated. I saw him in Summer League, too. He was yeah, the best point guard there, I thought. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's also he's better than Wiggins, so. Oh, Wiggins. Let's not talk about Wiggins, all right? Him, him and his brother going at Steven Jackson. Getting dunked on by Steven Jackson. It's um, <clears throat> one of the rare dunks you see in Big 3. Um, all right, let's, let's, let's look ahead to – actually, no, before we look ahead to the storylines of the season and what we're looking for in media day and stuff like that, um, you wrote a great piece on The Athletic. Um about Fred Van Vliet and the sort of decision that led, to, uh, that, that led to him resigning. Um, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, Van Vliet is a great piece. I think there was some tidbits in there that I really found interesting. Um, There's so one really weird one that I couldn't believe I got told it, but two different people told it to me. And I was like, oh, I'll include it. Which one are you talking about? Utah being interested in Yeah, I was going to say Utah. I mean, like Phoenix we kind of knew about. Yeah, Phoenix was basically, everyone thought that was going to happen. And then when right. they spent the money on Trevor Ariza, it was Which like, made no sense. None. It didn't. I know why you like a guy like that around your young guys. But still. Especially so early in free agency. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and apparently they were still interested after that. But it would have taken Van Vliet being very patient and mm-hmm. leaving that offer that the Raptors that he signed, right. letting it sit there. Yeah. And maybe that goes away. Yeah. Maybe the Raptors use mid-level mm-hmm. or something else. Um, the Raptors got a lot of point guards. Yeah. I mean, Fred is... They really wanted Fred back. I mean, course. they they offered him the max they could over two years, like almost the first minute of free agency. So yeah. they clearly wanted that. I thought it was convenient that both teams wanted it only two... Both sides wanted it only two years, too. Yeah. Like, Fred wanted Fred wanted two plus a player option. Of course. And then the Raptors were like, we're not going to give you that if you want the full max. And then that was basically it. Yeah. It makes, I mean, look, the deal makes perfect sense. I mean, it feels like ancient history, but that was the number one priority going into mm-hmm. the offseason um, before the new head coach showed up and then, well, not even new, but, um, and then obviously the Kawhi stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I thought, like, the piece was very interesting because you, you get a lot of background into sort of, like, you know, him not even taking the call when Masai first called him. <laughs> yeah, because he he's missed at, the call. He's at Walgreens because he's being a good dad. Yeah. Um... And then, yeah, I mean, just, like, all the banter with him and Norman Powell. That, it was that's, amazing, that's, that's And, really like, fun. I was, like, I was iffy about including it because, like... Nah, that, that, was, that was gold. Yeah, that was he, gold. and he, I talked to him, and he was, like, he's, like, you can flip, like, I said it. Yeah. I'm, like, okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, but it was funny, man. The look on Norm's face when, when Fred was, like, yeah, no, I thought about you, man. I was worried they would betray you to save my oh, house space. That's, that's The look wild. on Norm's face was, was pretty hilarious. That's wild, man. Um, it was good, man. It just shows you, though, that, like... There's so much It's hard to, Yeah, exactly. It's hard to build a team where not only do you have all these young guys who are good and can contribute, but all these young guys who are good contribute 
stay within their role and okay with that. You don't, you haven't hit that point of disease of more yet where, yeah. you know, everyone's barking for 30 minutes or starting role. And then you've got even a guy like Norm who, yeah, he got paid, but this last year was really hard for him. Right. And he's still, you know, there and he's happy for Fred. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even though Fred staying meant Norm stays in the 11th or 12th man role, um, these guys really push for each other. And I think, you know, that's an underrated aspect sometimes. And you see it now with, with, you know, what's alleged to be happening with the Timberwolves and, mm-hmm. Chemistry is a weird thing because while you have I mean, it, it's like you, can, you can't put your finger on it, but like while you have it, the impact is clear, but you, you never know when it's going to just go away. So um, as long as they have it, it's – but they're going to face more of that because like DeLon Wright can sign an extension up to October 15th. Do you think they will? I don't. Those, I think the 2019 market is too – A lot of people are banking on that. Like a lot of people took so one-year deal. I was, was going to say is like there's going to be a lot more money on the market. So if you're DeLon Wright, yeah. you're probably like, oh, well – you know, I'll wait it out if they're not going to give me, yeah. you know, if they don't give me Van Vliet money, I'm going to yeah. wait it out and see, um, especially because DeLon's older, so this is probably his only time yeah. he's really going to get a big multi-year offer. He's worth Van Vliet money. He is. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if he's, worth, he's not worth yeah. that money to the Raptors, I don't think, when you already have Van Vliet and Lowry. Well, we'll see. Um, it'll, well, I think a lot of it, too, for the Raptors could depend on what happens with Leonard, where if he resigns, yeah. then, you know, suddenly your oh, looks yeah. look different. If he doesn't resign, then you're you, you've younger. got 2020 clear still, and you yeah. don't want to you don't want to give out long term money. Right now, Norm's the only guy on the books for 2020. Um, we got hype for Norm, man. We got, we got hype for him, but look, yeah. listen, he still has time. He has lots of time. People were mad at me in the comments this rookie year though, shooting down the Westbrook comps. Uh, the, man, the Westbrook, believe, man? The, the, the Dwayne Wade. You don't comp, understand the grind. I, mean, I actually still think Norm's going to be fine. Yeah, he will be. He will. Be. I think he's shown too much. It's like. It's an old Bill James baseball thing. Is like yeah. once you once you display a skill, you own it. Yeah, it's it's there somewhere. You just gotta yeah. find it again. And like, I don't know if the, the three point shooting might have been an aberration this rookie year, but like, there was no good reason last year why he like couldn't dribble or finish or defend. I mean, the finishing I think is just the finishing has always been a weakness. too far out. Yeah, the finishing has always been a weakness. Yeah, but he, I mean, he regressed pretty much everywhere. Yeah, no, I mean, there were games. I remember one game he came in for like. Five minutes and was a minus twelve or something like that. It was against like yeah. the Chicago Bulls and it was like a blowout. But I think it was also weird. There he had some like his on-off numbers were skewed a little bit in the wrong direction by the fact yeah. that there was that stretch where they were trying to keep him in the rotation when there was no spot. So he was playing like four minutes at the end of the second quarter mm. with the starters, which we already knew was a bad lineup, and then garbage time. Yeah, and that's like you know it's good to get a guy minutes, but you can't. It's pretty noisy stuff, but. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they use him because if you're looking strictly from like an asset management perspective, mm-hmm. it would make sense to try to force him into the rotation early and see if you can recuperate some of that value. Yeah. Um, you know, I think they'd still like to trade him between now and the deadline to, to save a little on luxury tax and maybe flip him for, for a big to balance out the roster a little bit. But I mean, the guy that's easier to move, when I've already mentioned this on the pod, is uh, CJ Miles. But... Right. Know. The thing is, is that the one thing CJ Miles does really well is super valuable. Oh yeah. I think. By the way, I think the Raptors are going to lead the league in three point shooting this season in terms they, of attempts. They might. They might lead the. They might yeah. break Houston's record for makes last season. All time NBA record for I'm not three point go makes is like one. But, I mean, like, okay, look. Houston made a thousand two hundred something threes last year. Sure. The Raptors made nine hundred fifty. Okay. You swap out Kawhi and Danny Green for Pirtle and. Demar, that's another two hundred. Yeah, I mean that's not a straight swap because some of those minutes are you know, yeah. breaking the row or but, whatever. But 
it's close. And then if they do go small, and we can talk about the rotation in just a second, but like if they go small a lot more, then when, generally speaking, when you go smaller, you end up with more threes. And I do, I do think they're gonna have. And they're going to play faster, too, I think. I think I think they're going to play faster. I think they're going to... We saw a lot last year. The second unit was very good at forcing turnovers and getting out in the run. Yeah. They weren't... A, like, that's, that bench mob was not a very good half-court offense. No. But when they could get a run, they were awesome, and they were so good at forcing turnovers. And Nurse has talked about... is another thing I wrote with The Athletic this week was, um, you know, if you can... His thing was, like, his focus is mostly on the defensive analytics, and, like, um, a lot of that is, like... He, the, the way the Summer League team played... He told me his philosophy was, well, we want to be hyper-aggressive out of the gate yeah. because it's easier to teach guys to be that super-aggressive and then scale back right. than it is to be more passive and then later mm-hmm. be like, okay, now be more aggressive. So, you know, preseason, they might be foul-heavy yeah. or something like that, but I think right. they're going to turn that up a little bit. Okay. Um, um, let's talk about the rotation then. <clears throat> the key, the two starting spots that are accounted for are point guard um, and, and wherever you small to... Yeah. One of the wing, one of the three wing spots. Um, the I, the big question is what you do with the JV and Ibaka combo because right. I, I don't think they're completely in love with it. Even though the results are not necessarily as bad as people think yeah, they the are, the regular season on numbers were great, and the, the Raptors were an elite rebounding right. team when they were on the floor. Together, which makes which sense. Is, look, man, rebounding is not underrated necessarily but like Support. that's part of it man that's managing the possessions right it's like yeah. you win the rebounds you have more shooting possessions than the other mm-hmm. team it's the same reason they want to ratchet up the turnovers it's like yeah. you want to get more the number of possessions is even mm-hmm. you want to get more shooting possessions than the right. other team anyway, um, for the rotation I honestly I think Nick Nurse will come in and he wants to try a couple different things in the starting lineup I think he'll probably want to see what JV alone will look like and thereby see what Ibaka with the bench looks like. Because mm-hmm. um, the, the only my only issue with starting Ibaka and JV together is that then you you have Greg Monroe in the back of center role for sure. Yeah. And then there's then you have to play an eleven man rotation basically. Yeah. Which because I don't there's like. someone one of OG or Danny Green is then coming off the bench mm-hmm. and where you put those guys. So for me, the starting line I think makes the most sense. But obviously, like we're splitting hands. There they can yeah. start a number of different ways. I would think I would go Lowry, Green, Kawhi, OG, JV. Yeah, and that's then the one it's I want the to. bench mob with Surge in Jakob Pertl's place. Right. Um, and it's not like like Abaka's Abaka could still see plenty of minutes of power forward like that, or minutes with the starters. Yeah, and it's not like like Abaka has slowed down a little bit. I think he likes playing center more too. Yeah, and you get more Pertl still played that drop back yeah. scheme that that Abaka would be is fairly well suited for. And then you know he's not quite the screen setter that. Pirtle was, but that pick-and-pop threat yeah. is huge. And, and that, yeah. that bench mob unit didn't have great spacing at times. So Yeah, they um, didn't have great half-court offense. And a pick-and-pop with Ibaka. Yeah. Last Even season, the mid-range pick-and-pops at the elbow, man. Yeah. Ibaka was like the best mid-range shooter in the league last year almost. By percentage, yeah. 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 Um, it was like him and Chris Middleton, I think, was the wrong. Yeah. Chris um, Middleton, who took all those DeRozan comps and went the wrong way with it and just started shooting more mid-range <sighs> twos. Bro. Chris Middleton. Above DeMar DeRozan again. It's nice to not have to talk about that, though. It does. I, I think Asad and I were talking about this, that um, it does suck for Chris Middleton that he every time he plays DeMar for his entire career, he's going to take the brunt of <laughs> these rankings, even though he had nothing to do with them. Like, did uh, DeMar drop 50 on him last year? 52. Yeah. 52. I know that's not all on Middleton, but... Hey, I mean, listen, that's a should factor in very heavily into the way, rankings. DeMar promising surge he's going to drop 50 on the Raptors. Oh, was great moment. Very... Yo. Very good stuff. The Surge Ibaka food show is so good. 
I'm I'm really gonna stand for Serge Ibaka this year. This is my my stance. All right, I've gone negative in the past. I've been anti JV. Now I'm gonna be pro Serge. Okay, it's more controversial than anti JV. Yeah, Serge is not well liked. Even like when we did the player review series, Serge is definitely public, not well liked. My conclusion was basically that like. Look, man, I get it. Serge is overpaid. Yeah. And the fact that they marketed him a bit as the third star yeah, was, is ridiculous. Yeah. But he's still he's still good. Yeah. He's still a useful player. Yeah. I thought it was weird, too, that, like, I love those SI guys, and mm-hmm. I think they get too much flack for people nitpicking the rankings. I did think it was a little weird that, like, Abaka was in the top 100, and they referred to him as a replacement-level power forward. Yeah, those make well, sense. Those By definition, He, he wouldn't be sense. in the top 300 if he were replacement-level. Yeah. Um, you know, I think he has negative asset value because he's so overpaid when you yeah. talk about a trade or something like that. Um, but he's still a useful player, man. Yeah, for sure. He's a big man who shoots threes and can block some shots. Um, it's hard not to be decent if you can do those two things. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, in terms of the rest of the rotation, I think it makes a little bit of sense. There was some debate in terms of do you perhaps start the lawn over Danny Green? Um, which... I can see the arguments for and against. I'm not necessarily against it, but I kind of generally like the idea of keeping all the young guys together and keeping all the veterans together. Yeah, I mean, there's just like, anytime you can get that continuity, I think it probably helps. Um, I just don't know, like, unless you're worried that Danny Green's slide last year was a lot to do with age and not anything to do with his groin injury that he played through all year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, if you're worried about him, you know, he was awful. Like, he was fine. No, he was fine. He just wasn't like an all-defense contender anymore. Yeah. Uh, and he might bounce back with the groin healthy. Yeah. Um, unless you're worried about that, I'm not really sure what the argument will be because, like, Lowry obviously is great at handling the ball. Kawhi yeah. handles the ball. Yeah. Both of those guys are already really good spotting up off the ball. Mm-hmm. And then Danny Green is kind of a nice low-usage complement with those yeah. guys. So um, I do think DeLon can, like, defend at a starter's level. I mean, it's never a bad thing to have more ball handling. Right. But I'd rather, if you're starting Lowry and Kawhi together, which you are, yeah. I think I'd rather have the extra ball handler in the second unit anyway. And then where that second unit struggles with spacing, sometimes you get Fred off the ball because DeLong's handling it. Where you, whereas you couldn't, you couldn't shift playmaking duties to Danny Green because he's not that guy. Right. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, that's. I think that does it for the podcast. I mean, look, there's going to be so much to talk about. Um, people are worried because they're they're having like separation anxiety right now. So <laughs> please assure the people that you're still going to be writing and you're going to be writing at the Athletic. And that you're still going to be on the podcast. Yeah, man. I'll be on the podcast whenever you want. Um, I will be covering the Raptors full-time this year at The Athletic. So, I mean, all the stuff I normally do will be over there. Mailbags. All the salary cap stuff. Mm-hmm. Just not stuff like previews and recaps and... Pre-game notes. You know, yeah. Those pre-game notes, buddy. They were, those things killed me, man. Those, they did kill you. Everyone else is, like, eating the media meal and, like... I know. I'm... I'm Woodley shooting a video with Dan Reynolds. Can't imagine. Would these parents even watch that? No, no. Yeah. Can't imagine. Uh, Reynolds hanging it up yet, or what? Um, I mean, from the blog there's a lot of there's a lot of ways that can be interpreted, but um, <laughs> no, nah, I think he's, he's going to be around. He wants to be around for Kawhi, um, and we all want to be around for Kawhi. We'll, we'll we'll have a lot more knowledge on Kawhi come Monday um, when the uh, Raptors host Media Day. Um, we're, Maybe we'll see. Well, everything's up in the air, but I mean, look. Eventually, I got the face of press, and when that happens, we'll probably, depending on what is said, do a recap or a little bit of mini podcast or something like that. But um, yeah, Blake, man, congratulations on everything. Thank Thanks, you man. for all the time at RR. Um, we don't need to do this, man. Well, I mean, I'm whatever, gonna see man. you like later this week. 
I know it practically doesn't make any difference. It's yeah. just you know ours a family and yeah, you know you're Look, you're you our proudest son. Yeah, there was no tribute for me at all. I was just like I just left it to the ether. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. good luck with everything. Thanks, man. And uh, yeah, for everyone Thanks listening, for me out. it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun season, man. Yeah. Like we said, NBA Finals preview podcast. Oh man, I can't wait! I can't wait. By the way, I think the the best move. Is you actually put Lowry on Draymond? Okay. Yeah, that way you can have trying to dare Draymond post up. I mean, you need length on like you want to put Danny Green on Steph, and then you put Kawhi on KD. That one's the most obvious one. And then you just have OG chase Clay, like he kind of chased Beal a little bit. See, I think Lowry is maybe the best suit to do that if that's your lineup that you have out there. So then, what's the point of having OG in the starting lineup there? Because then OG would take Draymond. You don't, you don't really have to guard Draymond. This is the thing. The Raptors have too many good options to guard the yeah, Warriors. You know, look, look, the Warriors are going to score like, the Warriors have score like five points a game. All right. So, anyway, we'll be back uh, later in the week to recap Media Day. And uh, the Raptors Weekly Podcast will be out on Mondays, as always. So, Blake, thank you. And uh, we'll catch you another time. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply.